Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, I've got a would-you-rather question, okay? And I gotta ask, would you rather not be able to open a door that is closed or close a door that is open? And it doesn't matter if they're locked or not. It doesn't just, matter yep. if they're locked or not. So the, so the choice is, if I go in a room and I close the door, I could be stuck there until someone comes along and, and open it. Yes. that yeah, But that if I true. go into a room, I, and I, maybe I can't close the door. So like if it's a bathroom. Right. Like I can't close the door. I have to, I have to leave the door open while using the bathroom. Yep. yep. Unless someone's there to close it for me, in which case I have someone in the bathroom with me, which doesn't solve the problem. They could be standing outside the bathroom. Ooh. Oh yeah. I just, oh, so he's he, actually <gasps> discussing like this, like it's a legitimate choice. This this well, would what you rather would you do? this would you rather question seems so obvious that I can't even <laughs> believe it's a would you rather question. This is like, would you rather eat things that are tasty or not tasty? Oh, why, why is it so obvious? Give me any scenario where closing a door is so important that you would choose that over opening doors. Well, okay. So I suppose that embarrassment versus safety is kind of the question. So safety trumps it. If you can't open doors, you're stuck everywhere. (laughs) It's true. No matter where you are, you're stuck. (laughs) You're crawling through windows. Your whole life, you're (laughs) stuck. Like if we're sitting in this podcast studio right now, we would not be able to open that door to get out. This is true. We wouldn't be able to go home. Yeah. The, the 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 fire alarm sounds. You run into the wall. What is a scenario where closing a door is such a big deal? Yeah, only well, the bathroom. Only the bathroom. That's it. Or like if you're a kid and your mu- your parents are always yelling at you to close the door. Why do you live in a barn? Close the door. Who cares? <laughs> if you're getting Someone chased. Someone else is going to close the door. If you're getting door. chased. If you're getting chased. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But, but, then, but then you're trapped you, in a room, but they can open the door. <laughs> you also want to be able to open doors yeah, if you're getting chased. This, this isn't is, good. This. All right. You're right, Eric. All okay. right. I have a challenge for our listeners. I need our listeners to email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com and offer to us a scenario, any scenario where closing a door is more important than opening a door. I can't even think of one. This is... Going to the bathroom is well, that because then you're trapped in the bathroom if you. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather go to the bathroom with the door open. Like if someone walks up and sees me, that's their problem. But I don't want to be stuck in the bathroom. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, is, that's settled. I think unless a, unless a listener has we, an answer, yeah, we need our <laughs> listeners to extend this conversation. Maybe. All right, Clayton, tell us what passage we're looking at All today. Right. We are in the Book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter five. Let me give you a little context. That's the first C and comma, the only C and comma, but the beginning. Uh, Romans is this letter that Paul wrote, and he is he is going through the whole sweep of the gospel message. He, we started, we talked about this last week, at the very beginning, uh, he talks about the problem of sin that has infested all humanity and has wreaked havoc on us. Uh, the part that we're not talking about here on the, the podcast, but as you've been reading along, you, you have come across, is God's solution to that is to send Jesus to be a sacrifice for us. And our response is to simply trust him, to have faith. And so when we get to chapter 5... The uh, chapter five is talking about the benefits that come when someone has put their faith in Jesus. So uh, we're going to start in verse one and read through verse 11. Ooh, that was fast. And that sound means it's time for your comma tip of the week. The average reading in the Bible savvy reading schedule takes about three and a half minutes. Come on. 
And this has been your comma tip of the week. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Uh, that's that's my favorite one so far. Wow. Really? Of all of them? That's, of all the comma that's tips? my favorite one. Oh, uh, so good. Okay. Maybe uh, we should do a, a, a recap in some episode of all the comma tips of the week. We could rank comma tips of the week. Oh, all right. So we're we're planning future episodes right now. On you're, this you're listening episode. to it. We could do an episode where we have our listeners rank comma tips of the week. We could replay them. We could also have our listeners rank our banter. Oh, banter oh, which, topics. Best, best, best questions. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Romans chapter five. Is that what we're reading? That's here? what we're doing. That's First eleven said? verses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Just for the record, that was one minute and 12 seconds. Nice. So it's it's a shorter than average one, according to the comma tip of the week. Uh, Let's start with the O in comma, which is observation, and say, what do we see in this passage? I see that opening doors is way more important than closing <laughs> doors. <laughs> this whole text is about what Jesus opened up for us. Oh, Listen to this. Oh, oh my gosh. You guys oh didn't even make no, the connection no, from no. our banter we to did this not, text. Tr- didn't, we did not plan this. So yeah. Sometimes we do connect our banter to the text, which I'm, I'm sure our listeners have figured out, or sometimes we just flat Come out up with say stuff. it. But listen to this. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained Access oh, by faith open. into this grace which we now stand. Jesus opened a door for us that we could not open by ourselves. And another observation: we didn't even know we were stuck in a room. Oh my goodness! That's, that's all right. That's that's a preacher right thank there. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's, that's how those things happen thank in sermons. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Eric, for pointing that out. Uh, what else do you see? Um, I I I see this repeated. Uh, you know, whether it's through. It's this through, through, like through Jesus, because of Jesus, Christ died, Christ died, justified by his blood, like all of these things that talk about clearly like it is because of him, period. Yeah. And that that's part of the whole thing is it's it's something he did that yeah. we couldn't do. Like when it talks about we were still powerless, well, that's why the emphasis is on the things he did for that. Uh, my, my observation is this word um, justified that's right there at the very beginning, and it comes up, I think, uh, one or two other times later in the passage. Um, that's a word that uh, isn't very common for us to use in ordinary uh, you know, conversation. Uh, it's, it's really simple, though, to understand the basic idea, okay? Um, the basic idea is it's uh, being in a right relationship 
with God or with other people. So uh, the the Book of Romans kind of you know does this in two different ways. It's saying, are you in right relationship vertically with God? You know, so that you can stand before God and say, rather than being condemned, I'm I'm okay to stand before God. I you know I'm I'm in right relationship. Uh, and it also has the secondary effect of putting you in right relationship uh, with the people around you. So uh, Paul talks about that in the kind of community in Rome. Um, if you're justified with God, it means that you get to be a part of this community. So um, that's that's the basic idea there. But it's not something we can take for granted. Uh, hence, all of the things of saying Jesus had to do something for us to be in a right relationship. You just can't get there on your own power. Another observation here in verse seven, where it says, "Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person." Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. I love that. The way he says it. Possibly. It happens, I guess, every once in a while. And then he says, but God's love, that he died for us while we were still sinners. Mm -hmm. We weren't good. In fact, in a lot of ways, we were rebellious or made ourselves enemies of God. And in that state, he stepped in for us. Yeah. That, That is one of the most powerful verses I know. It's just, it's so profound when you let it sink in that... That because uh, all right, most of us would say I've got some people on my list that I'd die for, right? Family members, you know, d- close friends, that sort of thing. But even that, I think it would probably. I I I, I hope that I would quickly jump in to you know die for somebody, but it's got to be the person who's closest to me. But the idea, I mean, when you just let it sink in, that the the person who hates you, I mean, there are people who I don't even want to be like around. You know what I mean? Like, let, let alone, like, do something nice for them, let alone sacrifice for them, let, let, let alone make the ultimate sacrifice for them. I, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, one observation I had here in that first section, verses one through, uh, what is that, five, you see, like, this progression where it's like we have, because of our faith, right, through Jesus, we have peace with God and we have hope. Uh, but then it's like it quickly, like, turns this corner and says, you also have suffering. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So you got peace and you got hope through Jesus, but you also have suffering. But don't worry, suffering is going to produce perseverance, and then your perseverance is going to produce character, and then your character is going to produce hope. And that is so that seems so upside down, so backwards, that like suffering would be seen as a good thing, that you would rejoice in suffering. Um, but I, I was reading in the study note something really a, a, an interesting distinction that they made about this whole like suffering is that we have we have hope in a suffering. We're not rejoicing because of our suffering. We're rejoicing because we have hope through Christ in the midst of suffering. And so that's a really interesting distinction for me. Like that's how you can have hope. It's sort of like it's not it's not like acting like everything's okay. Yeah. But there's something deeper, kind of longer term. Like something good's coming out of this, even though I don't I don't actually like this. Yeah, and it's and it's not even like a yay I'm suffering. This is great, but it's no. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna can, get through this. You yeah. can say what seems to be contradictory things at the same time. Yeah. One would be I don't like this, and at the same time say, but I also know that it's producing something in me that's going to be good, and ultimately at the end of all things, I share in the glory of Christ. And so whatever my temporary suffering is, it's not defining me, and it's not the full story. And I don't like it. So you're saying all of those it's things at the same time. It's all true, yeah. yeah. I, I think of the impact of someone with that attitude. That's really rare. That's, it's, it's pretty powerful to see someone who can, who can stand up in suffering and not, not fake it, you know, because then you look at them and you're like, oh, you're in denial. But also, like, be a person of hope who can keep moving. I mean, that's, 
that's that's really powerful. And that makes a difference not just in their life, but in the lives of people around them. That's cool. Uh, I, I have an observation in verse six, um, and this comes up, I, I think, a couple of times where it says, just at just the right time, there's all these things when it's like, while this was happening, while this was happening, I think it's so interesting. It says, at just the right time, when we were powerless, I think a lot of people think that the right time for God to save you is when you've shown yourself to be a little bit worthy of it. Like, I, I think, I, I see this with people who um, maybe they're in a pattern of, of sin that they feel really stuck in. Or they have done things that they say, um, I feel really ashamed of this. I don't know how I'm going to make up for this. And they think, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to feel bad, really bad. And then I'm going to do just a little bit to kind of dig myself out of this. I'm going to do some good things. I'm going to kind of get my life together a little bit and whatever. And at that point, God will turn towards me and say, hey, you're all right now. But I at least got to get myself a little bit out of the pit before God's going to look at me. But it says at the, just the right time. So like when Jesus showed up, like for the whole human race, like before we had ever like done anything to turn towards him, it's we were powerless. Like we were literally at the bottom, unable to do anything for ourselves. That was the right time for God. Not when we had done something first, but when we could do nothing on our own. Another interesting thing that I, that I picked up on from the study Bible, when it talked about how we have peace with God through Jesus, um, it, is it, it went the length of talking to saying it's not just a mere feeling. Like I don't just have a peaceful feeling, but it's it's a new status in relationship with God. And so that that I think is an important distinction. Like we can talk about peace as like, oh, I just want some inner tranquility. You know what I mean? But this is a this is a new status, a new relationship with God being reconciled to God through Jesus. That's that's what that's that peace and that hope that they're talking about. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people talk about as a transition point for them, especially if they grew up in church and knew there was a God, believed there was a God, tried to be a moral person, but there's this tipping point where they say, but at some point I realized that I could have a relationship with God. And that is just a different way to think. And that is what Jesus did. He made it possible that our relationship with God the Father could be restored and it not be an antagonistic relationship. Or we're not thinking that God's just, you know, looking around trying to bop us on the head every time we do something wrong, but that he actually made us, his creation, to relate with him. One other observation here is at the end of verse 5, um, this is not just kind of a, a, uh, a status that's out there, like we have peace with God, we're justified, we're reconciled. It talks about this. It says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. There is something, there's something inside happening that we experience a, a truth that is so profound. So we don't just say, okay, I get the facts. Jesus died for me. That means he loves me, right? Like, because it's kind of an external thing. The Holy Spirit makes it so that, that that immense love of God is something that we start to taste. We start to, we start to feel it. We start to say, I know this in my bones, not just in my head that God loves me this way, that is an engine for transformation, right? Like when in, in my life where there are places where I've, I've realized God is actually for me. He, is, he actually loves me. He wants me to be in relationship. He's not begrudging about this. Like he loves me and the Holy Spirit has made that real to me. Those are places where I start to say, oh, wait, I'm not stuck. I can move. Like there's something new happening here. And it's not just the knowing, it's the experiencing of it. That, that's really powerful. We could rewrite that song. Jesus loves me, this I know for... Bible Savvy tells me so? Bible Savvy. <laughs> Sorry. Bible. I'm, I'm no. usually used to saying Bible Savvy. <laughs> 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 
Bible Bible study.com. Can we fit this in? Jesus loves me. This I know because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I I think I think Jesus loves me. This I know for the Spirit tells me so. Oh, fits really well. It's it's good. It's Thank good. I'm glad we glad we worked this out. <laughs> You're tapping into your creative arts roots. Back I know. Then, right back there. in the day. Yeah, songwriting. Can mm-hmm. I lead worship next weekend? Yeah. Sure. Hey, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast out there and you want to hear me lead worship at a future Christ Community weekend <laughs> worship service, you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. I got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about message here. Uh, how would you sum up something you saw here in a sentence? My message is that we have everything we need through Jesus. And it just connects to what I said earlier this peace and hope, this new status, this new relationship. Uh, we have hope in a future, hope in the midst of suffering. We're reconciled. We have life. Like we, we have everything we need through Jesus. I'm going with our whole open door, closed door thing from earlier. <laughs> Jesus great. has opened a door for me that I could have never opened on my own. That's great. Mm, that's good. Uh, my message is based off of that um, that that whole kind of middle section talking about you know people don't die for you know most people you sometimes you might die for a good person but but God uh, Jesus died for us when we were sinners so my message is this God doesn't love the lovable God's love makes us lovable like that there there wasn't something in us that made him say man I really I, that's like that it's worth it for me he said no I'm gonna love them and they'll be worth it because of that. All right, let's use that verse for our meditation today. Let me read it to you and give you 45 seconds to prayerfully ponder this. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right, let's talk about the A in comma, which is application. What do we do in response to this? Uh, My application connected to my message, we have everything we need through Jesus. Uh, Two applications. One is Thanksgiving. I mean, how can I not uh, take the time to praise God um, for the fact that I have all of those things through Jesus? Uh, So very thankful. But then also the second application is just a, a good reminder um, I like to ask myself questions. It's just it's just what I do in my life is is ask myself, like, am I trying to find my peace, my hope, my purpose, life, whatever, um, through something other than Jesus? Uh, it's just it's just being mindful of that. Keep keeping yourself in check. I know applications are supposed to be very specific. what i'm what I'm thinking right now is, if, if Jesus has opened a door for me that I could have never opened on my own, then the best response is to walk through that door and enjoy it. Enjoy 
your relationship with God the Father, enjoy what Jesus has done, enjoy the fact that the Holy Spirit has been poured into our lives. So I don't know what the specific behaviors are, but I know we often spend our Christian lives trying to earn it, trying to prove it. What if we took the posture of trying to enjoy it? We even say with the Bible Savvy Podcast, we want people to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. What would a posture look like where everything I was doing in terms of walking with Christ was just enjoying the relationship? I really like that. I'm, I, I, too, am struggling to make something really concrete out of the application, and I think that's because this is one of those passages that is specifically about the things we can't do, that someone had to do for us. And so um, if I, we're, my message was that uh, God's love makes us lovable, that it's, that it's Jesus saying, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to, to give myself for you, and that inherently makes you valuable. That isn't something that I got to be like, hey, Jesus, here, here's the thing I'm doing. So there are tangible things we do in response to God's love, but sometimes the application is just what you're saying, Eric, like enjoy that, bask in it. Um, so I, w- I was thinking even of um, connecting it with that verse that talks about the spirit pouring out that experience of love in our hearts. It's, it's worth spending the time in prayer, not rushing through it, but slowing down enough to say, God, I want you to show me the depth of your love for me. Holy Spirit, help me see what it means that Jesus loved me when I was still his enemy. And and give a little time, like wait to have that experience of say, God, show me today a little taste of your love because that, that's what I need to, to enjoy today. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading today. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.